Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ed Morris didn't know what sales technique was until the fast rat invaded his life. There are pushy salesmen, and then there are pushy salesmen who refuse to give up until they make the sale. That's next on the Lost Sci-Fi Podcast, with at least one vintage science fiction short story in every episode. We've got new listeners around the globe in New Zealand, Portugal, Hungary, Poland, the United States, Canada, and many other places around the world. Thank you for listening, and thank you for sharing the Lost Sci-Fi Podcast. You will find our short science fiction stories for sale on many websites, but you will always find the lowest price on our website, LostSciFi.com. Please visit LostSciFi.com and get your favorite vintage sci-fi for less. Today, we once again hear the words from one of the greats in science fiction, a man whose work wasn't appreciated enough when he was alive, but is celebrated today, Philip K. Dick. Dick struggled with anxiety and drug addiction throughout much of his life. In 1982, he called his therapist and said he was going blind. He was told to go to the emergency room, but instead he stayed home. He was found unconscious and suffered a stroke on the way to the hospital. When his family was told there was no brain activity, he was removed from life support. Philip K. Dick died March 2nd, 1982. This is the third Philip K. Dick short sci-fi story we've featured on our podcast. In episode 11, you'll hear The Eyes Have It, and episode 1 contains The Hanging Stranger. Rest assured, there will be more. There are pushy salesmen, and then there are pushy salesmen 
who refuse to give up until they make the sale. Turn with me now to page 71 in Future Science Fiction Magazine from June 1954 for Sales Pitch by Philip K. Dick. Commute ships roared on all sides as Ed Morris made his way wearily home to Earth at the end of a long, hard day at the office. The Ganymede Terra lanes were choked with exhausted, grim-faced businessmen. Jupiter was in opposition to Earth, and the trip was a good two hours. Every few million miles, the great flow slowed to a grinding, agonized halt. Signal lights flashed as streams from Mars and Saturn fed into the main traffic arteries. Lord, Morris muttered, how tired can you get? He locked the autopilot and momentarily turned from the control board to light a much-needed cigarette. His hands shook. His head swam. It was past six. Sally would be fuming. Dinner would be spoiled. The same old thing. Nerve-wracking driving, honking horns, and irate drivers zooming past his little ship. Furious gesturing, shouting, cursing, and the ads. That was what really did it. He could have stood everything else, but the ads... The whole long way from Ganymede to Earth. And on Earth, the swarms of sales robots. It was too much. And they were everywhere. He slowed to avoid a 50-ship smash-up. Repair ships were scurrying around, trying to get the debris out of the lane. His audio speaker wailed as police rockets hurried up. Expertly, Morris raised his ship cut between two slow-moving commercial transports, zipped momentarily into the unused left lane, and then sped on, the wreck left behind. Horns honked furiously at him. He ignored them. Transsolar Products greets you! An immense voice boomed in his ear. Morris groaned and hunched down in his seat. He was getting near Terra. The barrage was increasing. Is your tension index pushed over the safety margin by the ordinary frustrations of the day? Then you need an ID persona unit, so small it can be worn under the ear, close to the frontal lobe. Thank God he was past it. The ad dimmed and receded behind as his fast-moving ship hurtled forward. But another was right ahead. Drivers. Thousands of unnecessary deaths each year from interplanet driving. Hypno-motor control from an expert source point ensures your safety. Surrender your body and save your life. The voice roared louder. Industrial experts say, both audio ads, the easiest to ignore. But now a visual ad was forming. He winced, closed his eyes, but it did no good. Men, an unctuous voice thundered on all sides of him. Banish internally caused obnoxious odors forever. Removal by modern painless methods of the gastrointestinal tract and substitution system will relieve you of the most acute cause of social rejection. The visual image locked. A vast nude girl, blonde hair disarranged, blue eyes half shut, lips parted head tilted back in sleep-drugged ecstasy. The features ballooned as the lips approached his own. 
Abruptly, the orgiastic expression on the girl's face vanished. Disgust and revulsion swept across, and then the image faded out. Does this happen to you? The voice boomed. During erotic sex play, do you offend your love partner by the presence of gastric processes, which... The voice died, and he was passed. His mind his own again, Morris kicked savagely at the throttle and sent the little ship leaping. The pressure, applied directly to the audiovisual regions of his brain, had faded below spark point. He groaned and shook his head to clear it. All around him, the vague, half-defined echoes of ads glittered and gibbered, like ghosts of distant video stations. Ads waited on all sides. He steered a careful course, dexterity born of animal desperation, but not all could be avoided. Despair seized him. The outline of a new visual audio ad was already coming into being. You, Mr. Wagerner, it shouted into the eyes and ears, noses and throats of a thousand weary commuters. Tired of the same old job, Wonder Circuits, Inc. has perfected a marvelous long-range thought wave scanner. Know what others are thinking and saying. Get the edge on fellow employees. Learn facts, figures about your employer's personal existence. Banish uncertainty. Morse's despair swept up wildly. He threw the throttle on full blast. The little ship bucked and rolled as it climbed from the traffic lane into the dead zone beyond. A shrieking roar as his fender whipped through the protective wall, and then the ad faded behind him. He slowed down, trembling with misery and fatigue. Earth lay ahead. He'd be home soon. Maybe he could get a good night's sleep. He shakily dropped the nose of the ship and prepared to hook onto the tractor beam of the Chicago commute field. The best metabolism adjuster on the market, the sales robot shrilled. Guaranteed to maintain a perfect endocrine balance, or your money refunded in full. Morris pushed wearily past the sales robot, up the sidewalk toward the residential block that contained his living unit. The robot followed a few steps, then forgot him and hurried after another grim-faced commuter. All the news while it's news, a metallic voice dinned at him. Have a retinal vid screen installed in your least used eye. Keep in touch with the world. Don't wait for out-of-date hourly summaries. Get out of the way, Morris muttered. The robot stepped aside for him, and he crossed the street with a pack of hunched-over men and women. Robot salesmen were everywhere, gesturing, pleading, shrilling. One started after him, and he quickened his pace. It scurried along, chanting its pitch and trying to attract his attention all the way up to the hill to his living unit. It didn't give up until he stooped over, snatched up a rock, and hurled it futilely. He scrambled in the house and slammed the door lock after him. The robot hesitated, then turned and raced after a woman with an armload of packages toiling up the hill. She tried vainly to elude it without success. Darling, Sally cried. She hurried from the kitchen, drying her hands on her plastic shorts, bright-eyed and excited. Oh, you poor thing. You look so tired. Morris peeled off his hat and coat and kissed his wife briefly on her bare shoulder. What's for dinner? Sally gave his hat and coat to the closet. We're having Uranian wild pheasant. 
your favorite dish. Morris's mouth watered, and a tiny surge of energy crawled back into his exhausted body. No kidding? What the hell's the occasion? His wife's brown eyes moistened with compassion. Darling, it's your birthday. You're 37 years old today. Had you forgotten? Yeah. Morris grinned a little. I sure had. He wandered into the kitchen. The table was set. Coffee was steaming in the cups, and there was butter and white bread, mashed potatoes and green peas. My golly, a real occasion. Sally punched the stove controls, and the container of smoking pheasant was slid onto the table and neatly sliced open. Go wash your hands, and we're ready to eat. Hurry, before it gets cold. Morris presented his hands to the wash slot, and then sat down gratefully at the table. Sally served the tender, fragrant pheasant, and the two of them began eating. Sally, Morris said when his plate was empty and he was leaning back and sipping slowly at his coffee. I can't go on like this. Something's got to be done. You mean the drive? I wish you could get a position on Mars like Bob Young. Maybe if you talk to the Employment Commission and explain to them how all the strain... It's not just the drive. They're right out front, everywhere, waiting for me, all day and night. Who are, dear? Robots, selling things. As soon as I set down the ship, robots and visual audio ads, they dig right into a man's brain. They follow people around until they die. I know. Sally patted his hand sympathetically. When I go shopping, they follow me in clusters, all talking at once. It's really a panic. You can't understand half what they're saying. We've got to break out. Break out? Sally faltered. What do you mean? We've got to get away from them. They're destroying us. Morris fumbled in his pocket and carefully got out a tiny fragment of metal foil. He unrolled it with painstaking care and smoothed it out on the table. Look at this. It was circulated in the office among the men. It got to me, and I kept it. What does it mean? Sally's brow wrinkled as she made out the words. Dear, I don't think you got all of it. There must be more than this. A new world, Morris said softly, where they haven't got to yet. It's a long way off, out beyond the solar system, out in the stars. Proxima? Twenty planets half of them habitable, only a few thousand people out there, families, workmen, scientists, some industrial survey teams, land free for the asking. But it's so... Sally made a face. Dear, isn't it sort of underdeveloped? They say it's like living back in the 20th century. Flush toilets, bathtubs, gasoline-driven cars. That's right. Morris rolled up the bit of crumpled metal, his face grim and dead serious. It's a hundred years behind times. None of this, he indicated the stove and the furnishings in the living room. We'll have to do without. We'll have to get used to a simpler life, the way our ancestors lived. He tried to smile, but his face wouldn't cooperate. You think you'd like it? No ads, no sales robots traffic moving at 60 miles an hour instead of 60 million. 
We could raise passage on one of the big trans-system liners. I could sell my commute rocket. There was a hesitant, doubtful silence. Ed, Sally began, I think we should think it over more. What about your job? What would you do out there? I'd find something. But what? Haven't you got that part figured out? A shrill tinge of annoyance crept into her voice. It seems to me we should consider that part just a little more before we throw away everything and just take off. If we don't go, Morris said slowly, trying to keep his voice steady, they'll get us. There isn't much time left. I don't know how much longer I can hold them off. Really, Ed, you make it sound so melodramatic. If you feel that bad, why don't you take some time off and have a complete inhibition check? I was watching a vid program, and I saw them going over a man whose psychosomatic system was much worse than yours. A much older man. She leaped to her feet. Let's go out tonight and celebrate, okay? Her slim fingers fumbled at the zipper of her shorts. I'll put on my new plasti robe, the one I've never had nerve enough to wear. Her eyes sparkled with excitement as she hurried into the bedroom. You know the one I mean? When you're up close, it's translucent, but as you get farther off, it becomes more and more sheer until... I know the one, Morris said wearily. I've seen them advertised on my way home from work. He got slowly to his feet and wandered into the living room. At the door of the bedroom, he halted. Sally? Yes? Morris opened his mouth to speak. He was going to ask her again, talk to her about the metal foil fragment he had carefully wadded up and carried home. He was going to talk to her about the frontier, about Proxima Centauri, going away and never coming back. But he never had a chance. The door chimes sounded. Somebody's at the door, Sally cried excitedly. Hurry up and see who it is. In the evening darkness, the robot was a silent, unmoving figure. A cold wind blew around it and into the house. Morris shivered and moved back from the door. What do you want? he demanded. A strange fear licked at him. What is it? The robot was larger than any he had seen. Tall and broad, with heavy metallic grippers and elongated eye lenses. Its upper trunk was a square tank instead of the usual cone. It rested on four treads, not the customary two. It towered over Morris, almost seven feet high, massive and solid. Good evening, it said calmly. Its voice was whipped around by the night wind. It mixed with the dismal noises of evening, the echoes of traffic and the clang of distant street signals. A few vague shapes hurried through the gloom. The world was black and hostile. Evening, Morris responded automatically. He found himself trembling. What are you selling? I would like to show you a fast rad, the robot said. Morris's mind was numb. It refused to respond. What was a fast rad? There was something dreamlike and nightmarish going on. He struggled to get his mind and body together. A what? He croaked. A fasrad. The robot made no effort to explain. It regarded him without emotion, as if it was not its responsibility to explain anything. 
it will only take a moment. I, Morris began. He moved back out of the wind, and the robot, without change of expression, glided past him and into the house. Thank you, it said. It halted in the middle of the living room. Would you call your wife, please? I would like to show her the fast rad also. Sally, Morris muttered helplessly. Come here. Sally swept breathlessly into the living room, her breasts quivering with excitement. What is it? Oh, she saw the robot and halted uncertainly. Ed, did you order something? Are we buying something? Good evening, the robot said to her. I am going to show you the fast rad. Please be seated, on the couch, if you will, both together. Sally sat down expectantly, her cheeks flushed, eyes bright with wonder and bewilderment. Numbly, Ed seated himself beside her. Look, he muttered thickly, what the hell is a fast rad? What's going on? I don't want to buy anything. What is your name? The robot asked him. Morris. He almost choked. Ed Morris. The robot turned to Sally. Mrs. Morris? It bowed slightly. I'm glad to meet you, Mr. and Mrs. Morris. You are the first persons in your neighborhood to see the fast rad. This is the initial demonstration in this area. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Its cold eyes swept the room. Mr. Morris, you are employed, I assume. Where are you employed? He works on Ganymede, Sally said dutifully, like a little girl in school, for the Terran Metals Development Company. The robot digested this information. A fast rad will be of value to you. It eyed Sally. What do you do? I'm a tape transcriber at Histo Research. A fast rad will be of no value in your professional work, 
but it will be helpful here in the home. It picked up a table in its powerful steel grippers. For example, sometimes an attractive piece of furniture is damaged by a clumsy guest. The robot smashed the table to bits. Fragments of wood and plastic rained down. A fast rad is needed. Morris leaped helplessly to his feet. He was powerless to halt events. A numbing weight hung over him as the robot tossed the fragments of table away and selected a heavy floor lamp. Oh, dear, Sally gasped. That's my best lamp. When a fast rat is possessed, there is nothing to fear. The robot seized the lamp and twisted it grotesquely. It ripped the shade, smashed the bulbs, then threw away the remnants. A situation of this kind can occur from some violent explosion, such as an H-bomb. For God's sake, Morris muttered, we... An H-bomb attack may never occur, the robot continued, but in such an event, a fast rad is indispensable. It knelt down and pulled an intricate tube from its waist. Aiming the tube at the floor, it atomized a hole five feet in diameter. It stepped back from the yawning pocket. I have not extended this tunnel, but you can see a fast rad would save your life in case of attack. The word attack seemed to set off a new train of reactions in its metal brain. Sometimes a thug or hood will attack a person at night, it continued. Without warning, it whirled and drove its fist through the wall. A section of the wall collapsed in a heap of powder and debris. That takes care of the thug. The robot straightened out and peered around the room. Often, you are too tired in the evening to manipulate the buttons on the stove. It strode into the kitchen and began punching the stove controls. Immense quantities of food spilled in all directions. Stop! Sally cried. Get away from my stove! You may be too weary to run water for your bath. The robot tripped the controls of the tub and water poured down. Or you may wish to go right to bed. It yanked the bed from its concealment and threw it flat. Sally retreated in fright as the robot advanced toward her. Sometimes, after a hard day at work, you are too tired to remove your clothing. In that event, get out of here, Morris shouted at it. Sally, run and get the cops. The thing's gone crazy. Hurry. The fast red is a necessity in all modern homes, the robot continued. For example, an appliance may break down. The fast red repairs it instantly. It sees the automatic humidity control and tore the wiring and replaced it on the wall. Sometimes you would prefer not to go to work. The fast rad is permitted by law to occupy your position for a consecutive period not to exceed ten days. If, after that period, good God, Morris said as understanding finally came, you're the fast rad. That's right, the robot agreed. Fully automatic, self-regulating android, domestic. There is also the fast rack, construction, the fast ram, managerial, the fast ras, 
soldier, and the fast rab, bureaucrat. I am designed for home use. You, Sally gasped, you're for sale. You're selling yourself. I am demonstrating myself, the fast rad, the robot, answered. Its impassive metal eyes were fixed intently on Morris as it continued. I'm sure, Mr. Morris, you would like to own me. I am reasonably priced and fully guaranteed. A full book of instructions is included. I cannot conceive of taking no for an answer. At half-past twelve, Ed Morris still sat at the foot of the bed, one shoe on, the other in his hand. He gazed vacantly ahead. He said nothing. For heaven's sakes, Sally complained, finish untying that knot and get into bed. You have to be up at five-thirty. Morris fooled aimlessly with the shoelace. After a while, he dropped the shoe and tugged at the other one. The house was cold and silent. Outside, the dismal night wind whipped and lashed at the cedars that grew along the side of the building. Sally lay curled up beneath the radiant lens, a cigarette between her lips, enjoying the warmth and half-dozing. In the living room stood the fast-rad. It hadn't left. It was still there, was waiting for Morris to buy it. Come on, Sally said sharply. What's wrong with you? It fixed all the things it broke. It was just demonstrating itself. She sighed drowsily. It certainly gave me a scare. I thought something had gone wrong with it. They certainly had an inspiration sending it around to sell itself to people. Morris said nothing. Sally rolled over on her stomach and languidly stubbed out her cigarette. That's not so much, is it? Ten thousand gold units? And if we get our friends to buy one, we get a five percent commission. All we have to do is show it. It isn't as if we had to sell it. It sells itself. She giggled. They always wanted a product that sold itself, didn't they? Morris untied the knot in his shoelace. He slid his shoe back on and tied it tight. What are you doing? Sally demanded angrily. You come to bed. She sat up furiously as Morris left the room and moved slowly down the hall. Where are you going? In the living room, Morris switched on the light and sat down facing the fast rad. Can you hear me? he said. Certainly, the fast rad answered. I'm never inoperative. Sometimes an emergency occurs at night. A child is sick or an accident takes place. You have no children as yet, but in the event, shut up. Morris said. I don't want to hear you. You asked me a question. Self-regulating androids are plugged into a central information exchange. Sometimes a person wishes immediate information. The FASRAD is always ready to answer any theoretical or factual inquiry, anything not metaphysical. Morris picked up the book of instructions and thumbed it. The fast rad did thousands of things. It never wore out. It was never at a loss. It couldn't make a mistake. He threw the book away. I'm not going to buy you, he said to it. Never. Not in a million years. Oh, yes, you are, the fast rad corrected. This is an opportunity you can't afford to miss. 
there was calm, metallic confidence in its voice. You can't turn me down, Mr. Morris. A fast rad is an indispensable necessity in the modern home. Get out of here, Morris said evenly. Get out of my house and don't come back. I'm not your fast rad to order around. Until you purchase me at the regular list price, I'm responsible only to self-regulating Android Incorporated. Their instructions were to the contrary. I'm to remain with you until you buy me. Suppose I never buy you, Morris demanded. But in his heart, ice formed even as he asked. Already he felt the cold terror of the answer that was coming. There could be no other. I'll continue to remain with you, the fast rat said. Eventually, you'll buy me. It plucked some withered roses from a vase on the mantel and dropped them into its disposal slot. You will see more and more situations in which a fast rad is indispensable. Eventually, you'll wonder how you ever existed without one. Is there anything you can't do? Oh, yes. There's a great deal I can't do. But I can do anything you can do, and considerably better. Morris let out his breath slowly. I'd be insane to buy you. You've got to buy me, the impassive voice answered. The fast rad extended a hollow pipe and began cleaning the carpet. I am useful in all situations. Notice how fluffy and free of dust this rug is? It withdrew the pipe and extended another. Morris coughed and staggered quickly away. Clouds of white particles billowed out and filled every part of the room. I am spraying for moths the fast rat explained. The white cloud turned to an ugly blue-black. The room faded into ominous darkness. The fast rat was a dim shape moving methodically about in the center. Presently, the cloud lifted and the furniture emerged. I sprayed for harmful bacteria, the fast rat said. It painted the walls of the room and constructed new furniture to go with them. It reinforced the ceiling in the bathroom, it increased the number of heat vents from the furnace. It put in new electrical wiring. It tore out all the fixtures in the kitchen and assembled more modern ones. It examined Morris's financial accounts and computed his income tax for the following year. It sharpened all the pencils. It caught hold of his wrist and quickly diagnosed his high blood pressure as psychosomatic. You'll feel better after you've turned responsibility over to me it explained. It threw out some old soup Sally had been saving. Danger of botulism, it told him. Your wife is sexually attractive, but not capable of a high order of intellectualization. Morris went to the closet and got his coat. Where are you going? The fast rat asked. To the office. At this time of night? Morris glanced briefly into the bedroom. Sally was sound asleep under the soothing, radiant lens. Her slim body was rosy pink and healthy, her face free of worry. He closed the front door and hurried down the steps into the darkness. Cold night wind slashed at him as he approached the parking lot. His little commute ship was parked with hundreds of others. A quarter sent the attendant robot obediently after it. 
In ten minutes, he was on his way to Ganymede. The fast red boarded his ship when he stopped at Mars to refuel. Apparently, you don't understand, the fast red said. My instructions are to demonstrate myself until you're satisfied. As yet, you're not wholly convinced. Further demonstration is necessary. It passed an intricate web over the controls of the ship until all the dials and meters were in adjustment. You should have more frequent servicing. It retired to the rear to examine the drive jets. Morris numbly signaled the attendant, and the ship was released from the fuel pumps. He gained speed, and the small, sandy planet fell behind. Ahead, Jupiter loomed. Your jets aren't in good repair, the fast rad said, emerging from the rear. I don't like that knock to the main brake drive. As soon as you land, I'll make extensive repair. The company doesn't mind you doing favors for me? Morris asked with bitter sarcasm. The company considers me your fast rad. An invoice will be mailed to you at the end of the month. The robot whipped out a pen and a pad of forms. I'll explain the four easy payment plans. 10,000 gold units cash means a 3% discount. In addition, a number of household items may be traded in, items you won't have further need for. If you wish to divide the purchase in four parts, the first is due at once, and the last in 90 days. I always pay cash, Morris muttered. He was carefully resetting the root positions on the control board. There's no carrying charge for the 90-day plan. For the six-month plan, there's a 6% per annum charge, which will amount to approximately... It broke off. We've changed course. We've left the official traffic lane. The fast rad stuck its pen and pad away and hurried to the control board. What are you doing? There's a two-unit fine for this. Morris ignored it. He hung on grimly to the controls and kept his eyes on the viewscreen. The ship was gaining speed rapidly. Warning buoys sounded angrily as he shot past them and into the bleak darkness of space beyond. In a few seconds, they had left all traffic behind. They were alone, shooting rapidly away from Jupiter, out into deep space. The fast rad computed the trajectory. We're moving out of the solar system, toward Centaurus. You guessed it. Hadn't you better call your wife? Morris grunted and notched the drive bar farther up. The ship bucked and pitched, then managed to right itself. The jets began to whine ominously. Indicators showed the main turbines were beginning to heat. He ignored them and threw on the emergency fuel supply. I'll call Mrs. Morris, the fast rat offered. We'll be beyond range in a short while. Don't bother. She'll worry. The fast rad hurried to the back and examined the jets again. It popped back into the cabin, buzzing with alarm. Mr. Morris, this ship is not equipped for inter-system travel. It's a Class D four-shaft domestic model for home consumption only. It was never made to stand this velocity. To get to Proxima, Morris answered, we need this velocity. The fast rad connected its power cables to the control board. I can take some of the strain off the wiring system, 
but unless you rev her back to normal, I can't be responsible for the deterioration of the jets. The hell with the jets. The fast rad was silent. It was listening intently to the growing whine under them. The whole ship shuddered violently. Bits of paint drifted down. The floor was hot from the grinding shafts. Morris's foot stayed on the throttle. The ship gained more velocity as Sol fell behind. They were out of the charted area. Sol receded rapidly. It's too late to vid your wife, the fast rad said. There are three emergency rockets in the stern. If you want, I'll fire them off in the hope of attracting a passing military transport. Why? They can take us in tow and return us to the Sol system. There's a 600 gold unit fine, but under the circumstances, it seems to me the best policy. Morris turned his back to the fast rad and jammed down the throttle with all his weight. The whine had grown to a violent roar. Instruments smashed and cracked. Fuses blew up and down the board. The lights dimmed, faded, then reluctantly came back. Mr. Morris, the fast rad said, you must prepare for death. The statistical probabilities of turbine explosion are 70-30. I'll do what I can, but the danger point has already passed. Morris returned to the viewscreen. For a time, he gazed hungrily up at the growing dot that was the twin star Centaurus. They look all right, don't they? Prox is the important one. Twenty planets. He examined the wildly fluttering instruments. How are the jets holding up? I can't tell from these. Most of them are burned out. The fast rad hesitated. It started to speak, then changed its mind. I'll go back and examine them, it said. It moved to the rear of the ship and disappeared down the short ramp into the thundering, vibrating engine chamber. Morris leaned over and put out his cigarette. He waited a moment longer, then reached out and yanked the drives full up, the last possible notch on the board. The explosion tore the ship in half. Sections of hull hurtled around him. He was lifted weightless and slammed into the control board. Metal and plastic rained down on him. Flashing incandescent points winked, faded, and finally died into silence. And there was nothing but cold ash. The dull swish-swish of emergency air pumps brought consciousness back. He was pinned under the wreckage of the control board. One arm was broken and bent under him. He tried to move his legs, but there was no sensation below his waist. The splintered debris that had been his ship was still hurling toward Centaurus. Hull sealing equipment was feebly trying to patch the gaping holes. Automatic temperature and grav feeds were thumping spasmodically from self-contained batteries. In the viewscreen, the vast flaming bulk of the twin suns grew quietly, inexorably. He was glad. In the silence of the ruined ship, he lay buried beneath the debris, gratefully watching the growing bulk. It was a beautiful sight. He had wanted to see it for a long time. There it was, coming closer each moment. In a day or two, the ship would plunge into the fiery mass and be consumed. 
but he could enjoy this interval. There was nothing to disturb his happiness. He thought about Sally, sound asleep under the radiant lens. Would Sally have liked Proxima? Probably not. Probably she would have wanted to go back home as soon as possible. This was something he had to enjoy alone. This was for him only. A vast peace descended over him. He could lie here without stirring, and the flaming magnificence would come nearer and nearer. A sound. From the heaps of fused wreckage, something was rising. A twisted, dented shape dimly visible in the flickering glare of the viewscreen. Morris managed to turn his head. The fast rad staggered to a standing position. Most of its trunk was gone, smashed and broken away. It tottered, then pitched forward on its face with a grinding crash. Slowly, it inched its way toward him, then settled to a dismal halt a few feet off. Gears whirred creakily. Relays popped open and shut. Vague, aimless life animated its devastated hulk. Good evening. Its shrill, metallic voice grated. Morris screamed. He tried to move his body, but the ruined beams held him tight. He shrieked and shouted and tried to crawl away from it. He spat and wailed and wept. I would like to show you a fast rad, the metallic voice continued. Would you call your wife, please? I would like to show her a fast rad, too. Get away, Morris screamed. Get away from me. Good evening, the fast rad continued, like a broken tape. Good evening. Please be seated. I'm happy to meet you. What is your name? Thank you. You are the first persons in your neighborhood to see the fast rad. Where are you employed? Its dead eye lenses gaped at him, empty and vacant. Please be seated, it said again. This will only take a second. Only a second. This demonstration will only take a... Sales Pitch by Philip K. Dick Next week on the Lost Sci-Fi Podcast, From Out Beyond the Second Sun He Came a fugitive from a dead and sterile world, seeking solace, friends, a home on Earth, a planet of even greater terrors. That's next week on the Lost Sci-Fi Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.